Hello, Internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cabin Corner Podcast. We're your geek slash nerd discussion podcast. We normally we normally take uh, one topic from TV, uh, movie, video, game, book, where if I talk about the day, we're back around to get bored. Uh, but today, we're taking a bunch of things from a bunch of different categories and talking talking about them as much as we like. Yeah. Uh, I'm, as always, your host, Patrick, with me as my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. Hi, baby. New year. Of what year? Twenty twenty two, I guess. Oh. Uh I hope you don't portend how this year's gonna go. Um but anyway, uh this as you can tell by the thumbnail that you clicked and that makes you uh complicit in this now. Uh we're talking our top uh things of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um it would be uh top ten, but uh I think both uh, Jared Jared's got way more than ten, but he was able to narrow it down to ten. Yeah, uh, I've got a little bit more than ten, but not enough to truly fill out a list because uh, hey, we're still dealing with a global pandemic. Yeah, like the last two years have sucked. I don't think anybody would argue that. Yeah. Um, whether or not you've had personal success within those years, just globally they've sucked ass. And so when Pat was like. Uh, approached me for what we should do, I was like, you know what? How about we just do, like, the bright spots of the year for us? Right. Um, like, the things that, uh, things in media that we could consume that maybe made the day-to-day a little bit better. Um, so, without f- too much further ado, um, we're gonna start off with Jared's top ten, and we'll go through his, and then we'll, then we'll get to mine. Yeah, uh, Pat's is a little bit more, um, P- Pat did his a little bit more traditionally, like I, I made a like my favorite films of the year. I've listed my favorite um, TV shows, list my favorite games, and all that. And then I broke those down into like a single top ten list. Pat ended up like making smaller lists to kind of do like what he wanted for his stuff. So mine are like all over the place. Mine will go from video to, to video games to TV to whatever. Uh, Pat's will just be like the his top TV shows and movies and all that. So um, before I started, I did want to do I did want to do a couple of uh, honorable honorable mentions for myself, uh, which will kind of even me out for the amount that Pat ended up selecting uh, for his. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Mythic Quest season two, and uh, Always Sunny season fourteen. Um, I love the always uh, the Always Sunny show. Uh, it came up like real recently, and it was a very short season. Like they crammed it out. They did two episodes a week um, to make sure it got finished <laughs> this year. Um, and uh, and it was it was like always always sunny is, is great. Mythic Quest would have actually been on my top ten list, but for the fact that they started recording it way too soon, um, a little too dangerously, and it right now holds the record and will probably always hold the record for most confirmed COVID cases during a production during uh, the last two years. Oof. Yes, big oof. Um, the show is amazing. I have a lot of good things to say about it, but that no, that little behind-the-scene nugget does kind of taint it uh, to keep it off my list. Um, the other thing was something I deeply wanted to watch this year was um, Bo Burnham's Inside, but um, I have a deep, passionate love for for Bo Burnham, um, uh, especially because we're of similar age and like watching him kind of like on YouTube and then coming up. Um, but when he made what, what burrowed deeply into my psyche in a very, very powerful way 
to a point that I couldn't watch Make Happy because I was afraid it wouldn't live up to what. And then everybody talked about how great Inside was, how it was like a literal piece of fucking art. And I was like, well, if I couldn't make, if I couldn't watch Make Happy because I was too nervous about it, at some point I might watch those things, but it couldn't make my list, even though it's probably something that is 100,000% on my alley. But getting from there to my number 10, an extremely strange uh, pick that I don't think anybody around me would have uh, chosen. Uh, the Way of the House Husband. Uh, the anime. Okay. Uh, it's not so much that I, that I think is not up your alley. It's just, I've never heard you talk about it. <laughs> um, well, me and Monica only watched it maybe three weeks ago. Uh, like, I had, I had kind of... It caught my eye, like, right after it got put up on Netflix. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's based off of a manga. It's also been adapted to a live, uh, into like a, a short television program uh, as well. Um, but uh, the anime, as it were, is more of a motion comic than it is a traditionally animated piece of, uh, piece of art. And, um, and all of the episodes, finger quotes... Or about six minutes long. So, like, a single episode technically has, like, five episodes in it. Okay. Um, so it's very short, very, like, t- to the point. Um, but it is just... It's just very funny. Like, me and my, me and my wife watched the entire uh, season, which, because it's so condensed, it only takes about, like, three hours, I think, to go through the entire series. Um, and you get, you know, you get like almost a hundred episodes of it. Uh, and, uh, and we were laughing and having a good time the entire time. It's probably the thing I laughed the longest and hardest at this year. Like it it was just genuinely silly and fun. Um, uh, number nine over to movies, uh, Psycho Gorman, uh, which I don't remember if I ever did talk to you about Pat. Nope. (laughs) It's because Psycho Gorman is extremely, extremely violent. Um, but um, uh, as someone who did grow up watching Power Rangers, at least uh, there has to be some tiny part of your like heart that loves like big stupid shit happening in rubber monster suits, and that is exactly what Psycho Gorman is. It's basically about this little girl who finds like the the this. Um, controlling Ruby for a guy that she named Psycho Gorman, who was the deadliest motherfucker in space. And, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, like he is a straight up, like, he's just a horror monster, but because, like, a uh, 13 year old girl has the Ruby to control him, and she is just the biggest brat that has ever lived. Um, and so she's constantly, like, making him do probably even more evil shit than he would have already just wantonly wanted to do. And this is a guy that, like, breaks people down by, like, their musculature and, like, has, like, like their intestines, like, being what's controlling them and shit. Like, it's a very bloody and visceral movie. But, like, everybody, like, um, because, like, you're seeing, like, uh, all the aliens are, like, rubber suit monsters. Like, it's just a, it's a delight in, like, all these, like, terrible practical effects. And, um, and I absolutely love it. It's very, very funny. Um, but it is one of those things where... Everyone sucks in this movie. <laughs> there is nobody who is likable, really. Like you're not you're not going in to relate to any of these characters. Okay. Um, like you're mostly just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and waiting for them to get fucked over. Um, 
but like, but at the same time, it has this very like childish spirit because the uh, your insert characters are these like two kids um, who just have powers beyond you know imagining, and honestly just don't know what to do with them. Like at one point, one of the kids like disagrees with her, and so she has Psycho uh, turn him into a a brain, a large like brain that just waddles around, and um, and. Gross. And nobody comments on it. He just goes home to his family. And, like, you see him, like, eating with his little, like, noodly brain arms. Like, he's crying. Um, and his family just has no comment for it. Um, so. Yes, Inquisitor. This one right here. <laughs> so, uh, that's actually kind of funny because that's what comes for him. Is like, a Galactic Inquisitor comes to take on <laughs> Psycho at the end of the movie. Um, and, like, the parent, like, her, her parents are also, like, in a bad way. Because her dad is a complete fucking dick. Like, he's absolutely, like, doesn't have a job and is super lazy. And the mom is constantly doing everything. But he's, like, but he's constantly getting, he's constantly mad because she just wants him to put in the tiniest bit of effort. Um, and so he ends up joining the bad guys. Or whoever you could, uh, the people against Psycho, I guess. It's very strange. Um, number eight, jumping over to video games and and. An old one, um, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, this is probably the game I put the most hours into this year. Yeah, uh, me the, and Ryan. The recent re-release. Yeah, this, this is a, uh, a remaster of uh, from the ground up of Diablo 2. Um, Ryan, fucking bless his heart, went balls deep on getting like uh, on like going going to the actual like online trading stuff. Like met up with a bunch of people. Like, actively made sure that, like, we always had, like, really good equipment. Like, whenever we were just doing our grinds and stuff like that, trying to get better, better loot drops. Because that's all the Diablo games really are, just like the Borderlands games. You're just looking for better loot all the time. Yeah. And then, like, things we couldn't use, he would, uh, but still had value, he'd find somebody to trade to. And, um, uh, the game is, uh, I mean, it's a 20-year-old game. Yeah, but I say uh, it's Diablo. Yeah. It's Diablo. Yeah. Um, you, you, if, cl- you click on shit. Yeah, and if you enjoyed that, you'll enjoy this. Uh, it looks absolutely beautiful. That being said, uh, because of the way that me and Ryan play games, we usually play them in the same room together with uh, with a TV, like, both at the same point. So we can look over at each other's screens all the time. And because it drove Ryan crazy, I played quite often on the old graphical setting. Because you can play and make the game look like it did in 1999. Wait, you played it, you did that because it drove him crazy? Yes. Okay. Also, it made it easier to see a lot of the times. Okay. Because um, the new graphical like upgrades looks beautiful, but um, it also makes everything look a little bit samey. Um, where if you look at the old, like if you do it the old way, especially like somebody like me, because I played a necromancer, and I had a thousand fucking enemy, like uh, fucking corpses raised everywhere. Um... It makes it much easier for me to differentiate what is mine and what is not mine has to die. <laughs> okay. Um, number seven is something we talked about on this podcast, uh, The Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did a review for it. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, so. I said words about it. <laughs> you sound like you don't remember it. I don't. <laughs> and, well, no, I, watched- I, re- I remember recording it. I remember watching it. I can remember bits and bobs of the movie. Mm, all of that kind of blends together. Oh, uh, no. I it, it left a pretty good impression on me. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
Um, it's also not too different in tone from something like Psycho Gorman, which uh, can be at my alley. Like, just over-the-top escapism. Oh, yeah, that was the one with the dude Rape Starro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a thing that had happened in the past with the movie. We didn't watch it happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we did see Starro rape that guy. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, ripped him to bits. Yeah, went off, went full of blue girl to shreds. Um, but uh, but yeah, like fucking Idris Elba and and all that. Like like had to pick up the role where fucking Will Smith left off and yep. did a much better job with a with a character who is so similar that they might as well, <laughs> well have just been the same person. Yeah, and uh, and that's a hell of a feat to take a to take a character like that from Will Smith. Um, so, uh, I mean, we got, we're getting a Peacemaker show out of it. Uh, yeah, it's like starts in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on number six, a show that we also talked about in the podcast, but Patrick does not like at all. WandaVision. Uh, a, <laughs> a pastiche of like old t- television that Pat literally just like clamped his mouth down and is like um, knitting his fingers and just trying to be pleasant because it's my favorites list and he's not trying to shit on anything, which is very kind of him. Um, I, I recognize that. Um, but uh, yeah, WandaVision is... Up my, I already like uh, things that are like often meta-commentary on television anyway. Community is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So something like WandaVision taking that but doing it in a way that blends itself into the actual narrative of the story itself while also then going on to tell its own thing. The last episode is weak as fuck just because um, I'm already not a fan of... Uh, I'm not a fan of using magic to shoot beams. And you've, you've been clever the entire show and your final fight is going to be two magic people shooting magic beams. Cause also, what, also, with, also two robot people shooting robot beams. Well, that's more, like, they really were, like, that's like 99% of their thing was, like, philosophical more than an actual fight. Uh, It's almost like you you wish the fights could have been reversed. A little bit, yeah. I mean, because what does a fucking magic beam do? If you get hit by a magic beam, is is it hurting you? Is it making you tired? Like... I understand if it's a beam of fire, fire burns. Yeah. A beam uh, of the, magic is just bullshit. Yeah, the, the common complaint that I hear about uh, episode what was it, six? Yeah. Episode six of WandaVision was that it's it was it's hurt by being the most MCU of the of yeah. the episodes. Yeah, so a thing that was like uh like I said, it was very clever in in its reveals up until that point, and then they were just like, All right, well, let's 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 do what we always do and do sky beams. Um, that being said, everything that, that precedes it is lovely, and um, I loved it. Um, number five, something that I don't think we talked about on this show, uh, but absolutely could have, uh, Invincible. Although I don't remember if you watched it, did you? Matt? I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we've 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 spoken about it. I've seen several several clips of of the show, but uh, I, I think I, I think I even mentioned. Uh, uh, off mic, but yeah, it wasn't something I, I planned on watching. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I do remember you talking about that now. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm actually not a big fan of the comic. I don't find the comic sacrosanct. Um, I uh, so the the in the ways that they diverge for the show and use the comic 
Uh, especially like things that were like holy stories and unto themselves, but they weave them as part of the much larger narrative of the show. All of that is wonderful. Um, uh, I will say that the amber the amber stuff is inconsistent. I like how they handle the reveal that she knew all along, but it's not consistent with how she acts in the episode just prior to that one, where she seems like she's completely baffled by everything. Um, Amber was uh, Amber's his girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay, yeah, it's it's Mark's girlfriend. Um, like in the in the show, she, like uh, when he reveals like, herself it, to her in, in the comics, he ain't with her for long, so that's why I don't remember. Yeah. Um, well, like the show, and like when he reveals himself, uh, spoilers for the show, uh, but she's not having any of his shit. Like he knows that she's revealing himself to like be like this grand excuse and uh, and all of that, but. Um, but he's had multiple opportunities to already tell her in the past, and there was no reason that he couldn't have. Uh, and uh, but in the the thing that leads up to her being so pissed off at him, that no way can you convince me that that Amber because it worked on my first watching. Like the first time I watched the show through, I was like, okay, yeah, like I get this. I liked I liked it. But when I rewatched the show, like and watched the scenes where like she's like, where the fuck is Mark? I was like, oh no, she clearly doesn't know that he's invincible to then have to, in the next episode, which takes place a day later, be like, I've known for weeks. Uh, you're like, no, that, that wasn't consistent. Like, it's a bad consistency. Um, and I, I can see why it left a, ba- a bad taste in people's mouth, um, even though I think a lot of people were overblown about it. Um, but still, uh, very fun show. Um, also, Jesus, uh, really over-the-top violent, which is... I'm not a violent person, <laughs> but I no, mean, but, there's but, that fucking subway scene. I mean, this is, the thing I the thing I, I said, you know, before this show started was, uh, Invincible, Invincible, and I and I even say it now, Invincible is one of the most one of the goriest comics I've ever read. Yeah, um, I'm not saying it's the most gorgeous, but it's definitely top five. Um, there are identifiable body parts that go flying across the screen in major superhero fights. Yeah. I mean, like, legs, eyeballs, lungs. Um, so, if you, if you, if they can't, it'd be, it'd be hard to censor that in any, in, in any way stay true to the spirit of the, of the, of the work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, moving to my number four, because I'm keeping it a pretty... Clip, uh, pretty clip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four was something that I don't think we ever talked about. I don't think I talked about it with you off mic ever. Uh, but nobody. I don't even know what that is. So no, we haven't talked about oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, nobody uh, came out uh, this right. year. So Odysseus took your eye out. Uh, no, nobody is the movie with um, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Oh yeah, the the John Wick type thing. The yeah, John, yeah, even made with like Chad Stalski and them like. Um, but for more of like a, your everyday average Joe. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you had seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yet. Uh, it is excellent. Um, like uh, Bob Odenkirk is fucking phenomenal in this movie. Like unlike John Wick, who like barely takes anything uh, in his fights. Like um, uh, Bob Odenkirk's character is he takes blows. Like, he, he takes damage in every fight. Doesn't matter if it's with a mook or not. Um, but uh, but he just constantly, like, perseveres through. 
And unlike Wick, like, uh, it's more of like a Batman setup. It's like, you give him, like, ten minutes of prep time, and that changes things significantly for him. And, uh, like, he holds his own in the fight, but if you let him, like, get himself set up first, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy, you going down. And uh, it leads into a absolutely thrilling, like, uh, final act. Uh uh, hell, I didn't. Ever, I never even thought I would see uh, goddamn uh, Christopher Lloyd like in a badass role at his old ass age. Because um, he he's up there by now. Yeah, and he plays uh, he plays Bob Odenkirk's father in the movie. <laughs> and watching that motherfucker run around with a goddamn shotgun uh, <laughs> was a treat. Um, because, I mean, but that's also part of like part of like what this whole thing was is like everyone is subverting your expectations. Um, as far as like, uh, how the story and the villains and, and all of that work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, since Pat's never seen it, I'm not going to say anything more than that. I will say if you like John Wick style films, but you want them to have a little bit more substance over the style, that's where nobody fits in perfectly. You know, like John Wick is extremely flashy, uh, like in depth, well choreographed martial arts films. Like nobody is, is like John Depp, but even grittier. John Wick. That's, that's not what, what I say. You said John Depp. Ah, uh, John Depp. Okay. Uh, but it's like John Wick, but even grittier. Um, uh, a little bit more grounded. And uh, even though, that said, it's still very over the top. Like, this is still not a thing that could really realistically ever happen. Just because, like I said, some of his plans get, uh, especially by the end of the movie, like his final setup is is insane. Okay. Uh Move, moving on to my number three, uh, something I know we didn't talk about, which was uh, Disco Elysium. Uh, technically, we didn't, we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about it on mic. We talked about it off mic. Yeah, um, <laughs> Disco Elysium, the game where I accidentally um, made myself a racist and had to restart the whole fucking thing over again. Oh, you didn't want to live your truth? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Ow! You fuck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the views of Patrick are not expressed <laughs> by the entirety of the Gavin Cox. God, 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 God. Um, uh, yeah, Disco Elysium, uh, technically it came out a few years ago, but it came out on PS4 uh, finally this year. And, or last year. Oh, yes, technically because we're two days into 20, uh, yep. 2022 now. But, uh, but yeah, it finally came out. And uh, it's a game I had been championing at the bit for for a while because I knew that like those isometric like dialogue heavy games were always right up my alley. This one ex- most ex- uh, most certainly was has one of the most complicated like dialogue slash like skill systems I've ever seen in my life, while still being extremely accessible. Um, the different facets of uh, of your personality. Um, like talking to you and stuff like that, like as you as you make skill checks in the game, is extremely fun. Um, I played myself to be as squishy as possible. I was just like all perception and intellect, uh, just because I wanted to come in and be the uh, the Sherlock Holmes, which means that my first time I did die. The second I woke up in my room with a hangover, trying to grab my tie off of the uh, uh, off the ceiling fan, I had a heart attack and died. Uh, because Disco Elysium's a game like that. Um, I, I also will stand by my truth and 100% uh, reload files over and over and over again until I get the result that I wanted. 
because mm-hmm. um, I'm because if it gives me a ten percent chance to do a thing, then I'm like, oh, it's important to me that I get that thing. Uh, I will do it. I don't care if I had to go through a million um, dialogue options to get back to that one choice again. I will do it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Jared and Jared and Ryan were my first ever experience with Save Scummers. <laughs> yeah. Um, like wa- watching watching the two of them try and get through a Fire Emblem game is an episode an ep- an an, ep- an exercise in frustration. Um. But yeah, there's a, there's a part like early on where like a guy tries to get you to pay a bill, and you can basically just like um, double flip him the bird and try to run away. And because my character had like no health or stamina, I would often just like like uh, choose fail. And, uh, and so my character would just, like, start to run away, jump back and just fly through the air while shooting the double bird, and then crash into an old lady and then die. Because <laughs> he wants to play the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, when it gives you the option to fly through the, double, uh, through the air flipping the double bird, I mean... This caterer's the caterer you play is already a wreck. You wake up like with a with a hangover so bad you've forgotten literally everything about your life. I was like, that sounds less like Sherlock Holmes. That sounds more like um, what's his name, uh, Reese from Borderlands. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Uh, like I wanted to be the Sherlock Holmesian style caterer, but like the caterer, like, but by the default, like you don't even know what you look like at the start of the game, and you have the smile, and you don't want it. What the hell is the smile? It's how you look in the mirror. Um, if, if you've ever seen, like, the picture, like, for the main character, that, that shit-eating grin that he has, like, uh, it's a permanent fixture upon his face that he can't get rid of. Yeah, see, I've never seen a portrait of the main character. I've, I've seen isometric clips, and I've yeah. watched, I watched playthroughs, but once again, they're all from that pulled-back isometric view. I have no idea what the main character's face looks like. Yeah, he has this big shit-eating grin that, like, he just can't escape. Uh. Um... But, uh, so like, what even is the story for Disco Elysium? Uh, Disco Elysium. So the story is is that um, <laughs> you have been you've been hired um, to like it takes place in its own unique world and own own unique universe. So right. like it, it deals with like so when I say like things like racism and stuff like that, it's not necessarily like it's a much more of like a, a Zionistic like nationalism stuff. Like, there is there are racial aspects to it as well, but um, but mostly they come from like where a person's from more than anything else. All right. Um, and so, uh, what, when the game starts, uh, you were hired, uh, or you were brought in to investigate a murder, and um, and the murder had happened several days ago, but you've just been jackassing about um, on the city's uh, uh, tab for a few days, just getting drunk, often pulling out your gun and shooting at things at random, and making an absolute ass out of yourself. So when you start the game, nobody likes you. And no one wants to talk to you, probably. And no one wants to talk to you. And you have yet to even go look at the body. Okay. <laughs> so when you go, when you actually even just go to finally look at the body, there are like delinquent children who have been throwing rocks at it for three days because it's being it was uh, hung in a tree. The, the guy was lynched. Oh, and they and the city hadn't even taken the body down. Nope, because you had to come and investigate it first. And you were just jackassing around for so long that nobody had done it. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so, um, uh, like, you had, like, after a hard night of drinking, like, you basically 
somehow system reset your mind and you start to like re-piece yourself back together and and through this lens you see just like how much of an asshole you were like every time you try to do anything to anybody that, that who already knew you like they are extremely hostile towards you or they just make fun of you for being the big drunken idiot that you have been for most of your life and um it makes it for a very interesting game cuz like while you know technically you are now who you are because that's because I mean that's how you know reality works. Yeah. Like, like whoever that person was that was you is no longer you now. Like you're a different person now, uh, for all intents and purposes. But they don't see that in you, and so uh, you have to kind of reconcile with the person that that you were, um, and uh, while trying to be better than that and solve this mystery, which gets like gets more and more expansive and more and more out there and. Uh, there's just tons of NPCs, all of them delightful. All of them have like a very rich story. Like, like even just like just fucking people on the street. Like, uh, you can talk to just, like almost everybody. Almost everybody has at least something to say about what's going on, stuff like that. So I'm, um, I am curious. So is it is it purely conspiracy based, or is there like a paranormal or supernatural aspect to it as well? Uh, yes. Okay. There, there actually are some some supernatural shit going on. Um, in fact, uh, your partner, um, who gets sent, uh, who gets sent to help you out in the beginning of the game, uh, Ken, um, uh, has like some minor psychic abilities and, uh, um, and if you're not powerfully, if you don't have at least something yourself, he can, but he can just shut you down. He's a nice guy, but if like you start like trying to ask him questions or something like that, that he doesn't want to answer, he will literally just make it so that your jaw won't move and like, uh. Or stuff like that. Okay. Uh, like, you can basically, like, enforce your will over somebody else. So there are, like, some supernatural aspects. Um, but, yeah. Um, very, very interesting game. Um, uh, while it is an isometric game, it's not... It's all about the story. There's not a whole lot of combat or something like that in there. Um, there is a little bit, but... Um, uh, but for me, every time I started combat, it was mostly, like, a six-year-old kid beats my ass to death. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm going Constantine with this. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Um, so moving on to number my number two, um, Squid Game. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not the only person in America who uh, fell in love with Squid Game over this uh, over the last year. No. Um, but um, unlike a lot of people who might this might be their first like. Um, their first like like foray into something like this, what what Squid Game even meant even more to me because one of my favorite just genres of of storytelling devices are the death game. Um, like before Squid Game came out, I'd already you know like I've mentioned bef- before that Gantz is one of my favorite um, uh, manga. Um, I love Alice in Borderlands. Uh, me and Ryan uh, recently watched like Darwin's Game. Like I love death game uh, style shows. I think they're just a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, they make for very very fun uh, 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 pressure cooker uh, style shows. Because like you know, um, oftentimes you know, a lot of people will use them as an excuse to delve into the worst of people, um, and that's that's part and parcel with the genre. But like for me, a, a big part of it is. The people that can come out and not be those assholes, usually your main characters, but sometimes people that aren't the main characters. Sometimes the main character gets inspired by the person who's just not being an asshole. 
um, under this like extremely stressful situation. And um, so I already love those things. Squid Game is one of the premier examples of it. So not only do I love Squid Game for what it is, and I'm, I don't think I need to talk about like what Squid Game is because I think everybody knows because it's so popular. But because it's now bringing more attention to stuff like that, and because we're about to probably start getting the huge batch of ripoffs of it, and sure, 99% of that would probably be crap, but anything that comes out of it that's worthwhile, I'm 100% down for. Um, if stuff, old stuff that now gets like translated and brought over that's already existed for a while, like I'm, I'm good for that. Um, so uh, the existence of Squid Game means that like more content that I already liked is going to be being made. Um, and so I'm forever grateful for Squid Game for that, while being one of the best of the genre on its own. And finally, my number one, to absolutely no one's surprise, because everybody who uh, I told I was going to do this episode was just like, it's Spider-Man No Way Home, right? And I was like, yeah, of course it's Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I spent I spent like two and a half hours crying in a movie theater uh, and then wanted more. Uh, like, wanted did, to, did you go back and rewatch it? I have not gone back and rewatched it. Um, um, I, 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 only, only I, I've, seen, I've seen it twice. I saw it once with my friends, once with my family. Yeah, I, I've, I've still only seen it once. Uh, I wanted, I've wanted several times to go back, but I just uh, have lacked the opportunity. But um, but just because I've only seen it once does not mean it was any less impactful to me. Um, and it's goddamn Spider-Man. It's beautiful. He's, I love him. But we like the last episode we did was a review for it, so I don't think I need to say anything. I will say that if you go back and listen to that review and you're paying attention... Uh, normally, you know, I'm real big on making sure we have banter going into like our discussions. Like I'll at least throw in the yes and maybe a line or two here, stuff like that, you know, just a little bit like inside baseball. But I couldn't do that for Spider-Man. I had to completely shut down while we we're doing the review. And then in a lull, uh, in a moment of lull, I could snap myself out just to be like, here's an actual critique. And uh, and then say my part. Like, this is why Flint Marco being like that wasn't correct. And then turn myself back off again. And then let the Ryan and Pat uh, have it. I was ex- This is one of the most the episodes I'm the most grateful that Ryan was there for. Just so, like, it wasn't Pat awkwardly sitting while I just sat here trying to contain myself. To only then snap out to, like, deliver, like, Snapple facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, if, 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 uh, if it was, like, you know an hour and a half of me talking and Jared blubbering into the mic. I don't know if I, 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 I think I, I think I have too much respect for you to upload that episode. <laughs> well, thank Without you. Without heavy edits. <laughs> well, thank you. But, uh, but that, that does it for my, uh, bright spots of this year. Uh, Jesus looking through them. Even when I was making that list, I didn't realize just how much of that shit was like extremely over the top violent. But, uh, I mean, violence is good escapism, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, be- better to, better to do to people in fiction and not do it in real life. Yeah, Andrew Garfield, Spider Man, stopped pulling his punches. Yeah, um, <laughs> really glad we didn't get Amazing Spider Man three. I don't know if I could have handled that. I, oh man, people are clamoring for it now. <laughs> Just based on that one line, based off everything, like uh, he, like I mean, all of them have gotten like amazingly, were like extremely well received. But like uh, now, knowing that he was the only one that without a trilogy. Um, and he also had so many storylines tie up. Like Toby didn't really have any storylines tie up. He was he was good. Yeah. Um, but knowing there was still a lot left. But I mean, honestly, guys, people who are clamoring for the Amazing Spider-Man three, remember that they were setting up 
specifically him taking on his Sinister Six, which is what we just saw for no the way home. for the final for the finale of No Way Home. You're just asking for that movie without it being as good, because it couldn't live up to the uh, Sinister Six movie we just watched. I'm just putting that out there for everybody. Okay, so for, so now on to my lists, uh, plural. Um, don't worry, don't, don't worry, folks. Many of these lists only have like three or four things on them. Yep. Uh, so I broke mine down by category. Uh, so I'll start start off first with uh, TV. Uh, this is only three long. Uh, my number three was uh, Loki. Okay. Um, uh, Lo- I have a good idea of what your bad uh, of what your number one was, but. Which just accidentally slipped out, but um, I don't know if you do. Okay, I haven't as I haven't spoken a lot about my number one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Loki. Uh, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Loki. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge uh, Hiddleston fan for, as for Loki. Not 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 say he does does a bad job or anything. I've just never really been into the character. Um, but. This was a, this was very much an MCU movie without necessarily having all of the negative trappings of MCU. Yeah. Um, it didn't necessarily have all of the kind of, kind of starting to get stale MCU humor. Um, and heck, uh, you know, it it told it also told me that apparently uh, Alabama was going to be destroyed by a hurricane in twenty twenty five. And we'll all be gathered at the Walmart. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll have that to look forward to. And not be surprised by? Nope, not at all. I just, I will look into the skies. We deserve this. Yeah. Um, and I, and I am very much looking forward to season two when slash if it comes out. Uh, see. Uh, I will say, like, um, you didn't really care for uh, many of the Marvel shows this year. Like, not overall as a package. Uh... I well, let's see. I've actually enjoyed, to some extent, most of them except for Wandavision. Yeah, which but I mean, I'm just saying, like, like none of none of them were slam dunks for me. Like even Wandavision, the only one I put on my list was not a slam dunk. Yeah, um, like Falcon Fal- was that this year? Falcon, all of them were. Oh yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier came out this year. Strong start, weak finish. Yeah, weak ending. But like, there was so much executive meddling in that show, that. I don't think it could have been a knockout. Um, my number two, Hawkeye. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I I enjoyed it. I really I really did, but it had a lot of weight to weight to lift. Um, like uh, it's probably the furthest ahead in the timeline of Marvel, it is. with the exception of a, maybe Eternals. Uh, no, it's the furthest. Okay, so it it is. It Red is Gods already happened. Okay, yeah. Um, and boy, have not enough people addressed that. <laughs> like, it's, it is upsetting that anyone gives a shit who Spider-Man is. Yeah. Red God appeared in the sky, talked about judging everyone, and then fucked off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, it was fun. It, it gave, it also brought... In some of the uh, you know some of the Netflix stuff that I didn't know I was gonna, I was going to get back. Um, 
and moving on my number from my number one uh, for TV. This is the one that I was kind of chopping at the bit week to week and excited to see. Um, and the and the only the only anime entry on here, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, that's funny. Um, I actually didn't include Jujutsu Kaisen because it started in um, October. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I discovered it in 2021. So. Yeah, well, it uh, it came out, well, technically, you're not wrong to call it a 2021 show. It came out in October, and then it ended in March. So mm-hmm. of its run, it's been longer in, uh, in 2021. Right. But yeah, no, it's, that's definitely fair. Uh, I didn't include it because I was being a stickler. Yeah. Um, like, the the story of, of Jujutsu Kaisen is... If you're if you're of my age and you've been watching anime for as for as long as most of my generation has, uh, it will be very familiar to you. Uh, boy with a boy with a with a uh, you know demonic bad guy sealed inside of him goes to a goes to a school specifically for the exorcism of demons. Uh, some of them want to kill him. Some of them, some of them want to help him. Tell as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. Yeah. Um, but. For the anime, uh, specifically, I haven't read the manga. Uh, the animation, uh, you know, uh, crew who did the action for it. Holy shit! Oh yeah. <laughs> um, like it's it has been a while. Like not since like some of the some of those like kind of now meme fights in Naruto, where I actually had an action sequence where I dropped my jaw. Um, you know, the main character, you know, Itadori Yuji. Uh, it, it, I'm waiting on some reveal that he has like super soldier in his in his bloodline, because <laughs> before he even gets supernatural powers, dude is like racing sports cars, uh, hitting home runs and like denting his bat. Uh, he's a, he's a problem. <laughs> then then the motherfucker gets superpowers. Yeah, and you know he's fighting demons where he really needs that boost. Um. The uh, the fucking fight with uh, with Itadori and um, the big fucking muscular dude. I can't remember his name. I think his name was. Like all of their na- I do not remember most of the names. I also watched it, but I'm just bad. I'm bad with names in general, and the Japanese names I'm extra bad with. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about the clap fight, right? Talking about the clap fight. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say when they fight the when they fought the tree person. Mm-hmm. That clap fight is so fucking good. And and it and. For a show dealing with a bunch of superpowers, most of it is superpowers that I'm, I've not seen. Like Yuji himself, yeah, has a fairly default of just super strength and speed. Yeah. But all of the other characters, no one has like necessarily a straightforward power. No. Um, the I hesitate to call her the Sakura of the group because she's a lot more useful. Um, but she uses like sympathetic magic. You you like voodoo. Yeah. Uh, dolls and stuff to to attack. Uh, one of the characters like summons like Shikigami familiars, um, and he has to make these very uncomfortable looking fa- hand puppets in order to in order to call them out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or one of the side characters who he he can speak and make shit happen it, unless he's listing sushi ingredients. Yes, so he has to speak entirely. He has to group through you know sushi. It, Sushi uh, ingredients to be understood. Then there's panda. Then there's panda. And I'm I'm sure at some point because it's on our list of like because we have a giant document of like of uh, topics to go through. One of which is like greatest mentors slash teacher characters. 
I'm sure Gojo is going to be on at least one of our lists, if not all of them. Gojo, look, there's not enough room in the rest of this podcast to properly uh, <laughs> talk about my feelings about Gojo. Um, I, 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 Gojo is a character that I think has the author held hostage. Um, where the author himself is like scared of what he has created and only touches pen to paper with it with Gojo's implicit consent. Um, uh, one thing I will say about Jujutsu Kaisen um, is while the story is very very basic, the way that it's told is extremely interesting. Uh, for one, like a lot of the story is non-linear, because um, you'll often get sections of like. A thing happens, and then before that thing, yeah. And then uh, here's what happened during this other thing. Like one of one of the first, one of the first, you know, unsupervised demon hunts is it opens, and then the next episode is dealing with the fallout of how it all went wrong. Yeah. Um, also, like the show does take big twists at a lot of points. Like all the the narrative doesn't go the exact way that you would expect based off of the type of show that it is. Like. Um, like I mean, it happens so early in the se- in the series. I that's one just kind of drop it, but I I will put a spoiler mark here. Skip thirty seconds. Yuji dies very early in the series. Yeah. Um, and his friends think he's just dead for a while, and for a while you're just dealing with his friends not knowing that and going off doing their own thing for a little bit, and then what he's doing during the time where like after he dies and comes back, when they're just keeping his his existence a secret. Like, that's, like, you don't see that a lot. Especially for it to happen really early in the series. Like, most times, like, something like that to happen in, a, in most shows would be, like, like during a time skip arc, like, after we're 100 chapters in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, he's only had, like, a couple adventures with these people when this happens. Like, that's pretty impressive. Um, even though, like, even though they bring the tournament arc in really early in the series, um, like... The tournament doesn't quite go the way that you would necessarily expect. Well, it's like there aren't matches. It's it's kind of just a free for all. Yeah. And you know, it pretty pretty quickly evolves to what is normally the mid part of a tournament arc, which is where everything just goes fuck it, attempted murder. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, like um, while while the story is basic, it does take a lot of really interesting twists and turns. Um, I will say that my only problem with uh, with Jesus Kaisen in its storytelling is everything is curse. They yes. say curse so much that it literally lo- has lost all meaning to me. I don't know what they mean when they say curse in Jujutsu Kaisen. Like curse is they might as curse might as well be like Nin or Chakra or Key uh, for the for the way they talk about it in the in the show. Yeah, but like just the way they like because monsters are curse, weapons are curse. Your arts are cursed. cursed. Yeah. Like, um, but they don't separate them out during using any type of meaningful way. Like, monsters are just curse. And your spiritual energy is just curse. <laughs> it mean, it, well, it's like, I think both both me and Jared watched uh, the dub before uh, Jesus yeah. Kaisen. Um, curse probably should have been a word that they left untranslated. Uh-huh. Just to, you know, give it, just to have me file it as something else in my brain. Yeah. Um, because people in the show will also use the word curse, like in conversation. Yeah. Like not necessarily as a proper noun. They're like, Oh, curse you. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, okay, did he launch a magical attack or is he just hating? 
<laughs> but that I will say, so that aspect of the show and, and the translation, I guess, um, often left me confused because, uh, and they also do a pretty piss poor job of explaining the levels of like like strength of things. Yeah, like it's not quite the Rocket uh, League that uh, like um, the Rocket Tag that uh, Seven Deadly Sins is. Where watching the first season of Seven Deadly Sins, I honestly don't know who was strong in that season after you've watched the second season. Because I'm like, okay, who was just playing around? Was the first season just at, just 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 games of grab ass? It seemed like it. <laughs> was there any stakes at all in the first <laughs> season? Or was everyone just grab assing each other and pretending to get hurt? Because for as much peril as they seem to be in, the first season, the, the, all the main characters seem to just wake up and go, and I'm done living in a bad setting now. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so it's not that degree. Like Seven Deadly Sins was fucking bonkers with its power ups, um, but uh, but it still made it very difficult for me to ascertain like how strong Yuji actually is compared to everybody else, and how weak they all are compared to Gojo. <laughs> yeah, can Gojo actually even sense them upon uh, through his own grandness? <laughs> Who knows? Like for them, for them against Gojo, is it an ant trying to understand the sun? Uh, see, I, I will throw this real quick. Last thing, mm-hmm. um, I'm surprised because um, you didn't talk about it very much, but I'm surprised Bad Bash didn't make your list. I haven't finished it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's like you know, Bad Batch. I, I definitely don't have a problem mentioning as putting as an honorable mention. Um, that or uh, Young Justice, which I know is something that you've been watching week to week. Again, not finished. Okay. Um, like this, the season, the season is still is still going, and I'm I am enjoying it, but I know it is very divisive. Yeah. Um, bad Bad Batch, not not really divisive. Um, if you like the clones, you'll like Bad Batch. Uh, it's just waiting. I'm waiting to see how it all pl- all plots out. Okay. Uh, the the Filoni era of Star Wars has yet to really let me down. Yeah. Um, even with like you know, uh, Book of Boba Fett that just started is to me I, I it's starting slow, but I'm Everybody I'm, says, I'm willing to see, see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so that 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 finished me out on TV. Going on to movies. Uh, see once again only only four entries. My number four, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Um, if I did a top ten, it probably would have been my. Te- it would have been in there, but yeah, yeah. Um, like, well, I have a lot fewer movies that I've seen this ah, year okay. than, than you. Um, like for me, uh, Shang Chi was it groundbreaking? No, but it was fun. Um, I don't, I don't feel like it was a wasted time of the movie. It, it definitely gave me one of one of the best MCU villains uh, with Shang Chi's dad. Yeah. Um. Uh, like, uh, you know, we got, you know, there's a fucking dragon on the loose in the MCU, in addition to the Red God, um, <laughs> that, you know, we just, we're just going to have to deal with at some point. Um, did you see that uh, the Corridor crew put out a video, uh, shout out to the Corridor crew, uh, they put out a video with, like, the stunt coordinators for that movie, and they were, like, the guys that did, like, the um, American UA video and all that stuff? Oh, cool. Yeah, um, one of the shots, like um, when they when they did the, like the American Way, the guy, the shot where he, like throws the backpack, yeah. and like the the camera goes swooping across the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stole that shot from himself to use in the Shang Chi fight when uh, his his dad and mom were fighting, 
and like the the leaves are blowing up. It's yeah. the same exact shot. Oh, he cool. stole it from himself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm glad to, I'm glad to know that the uh, Riven XGI guys are are you know st- still having good things happen for them. Yeah. Um, now yeah. I just need the next episode of the goddamn America UA. Well, I mean, considering he, he spent the last year like making uh, uh, Shang Chi, like yeah, I understand <laughs> you, you're busy. Yeah, but you know, you you gave me a promise with that pilot episode of UA. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it, it was, it's uh, that was a lot of fun. So anybody um, who's never seen him, uh, definitely check out the Corridor Crew. Um, they do a, a, a stunt, re- a stuntman react, and a CGI artist react. They're very, very good if you want like some like inside baseball about some stuff. Uh, watching him like uh, previs uh, the fight between uh, Shang Chi and his dad using a Captain America and Stanley action figure is absolutely worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Moving on to number three, uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Woo! Surprised no one that would be on my best of list. Uh, yeah, you know. Th- Listen to our review if you need if you need more details on why, um, you know this this was a not only just a good finale to a trilogy for MCU Spider Man, but it pays off almost every spot almost every superhero movie that I've watched since Spider Man One came out. Yeah, back in the day, and now the next two slots are both Black Widow. What? <laughs> Just fuck it with you. Oh, okay. We had two slots left, and I was like, and they're both Black Widow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, Black Widow's not on my list. It wasn't on mine either. Yeah. Um, my number two is uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's a surprise. Um, I was I was genuinely surprised by how much I liked uh, this movie, how much I how much I enjoyed it. Um, it beats out Spider-Man just because me personally, I'm more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan. Right. Um, but it did such a good job of not one redeeming these, these, it was the best cyborg arc that I ever seen in anything, comic, uh, movie, TV, video game, what have you. Um, like I've never seen Victor Stone done that well. Um, and it kind of made him kind of fun and interesting, and I would I wish I could see more of, but sadly that will never happen. Right. Um, it redeemed the shit show that was uh, Batman in the previous Justice League movie. Yeah. Um, just like everything that I hated in the original Justice League, I at least liked, if not loved, in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hell, I I got I got a <laughs> I got the most upbeat Superman in the most edgelord Superman costume. Yeah. Um, the, which, you know, it's, it feels bittersweet, but oh well. You know, I got a, I got a, you know, more, a more interesting Steppenwolf who before was just completely boilerplate Thanos with nothing interesting about him. Right. Um, like I said, just for being a complete just level up uh, for its previous entry. And, you know, for as much shit that I talked about Zack Snyder uh, before the movie came out of, you know, how much, you know, he needs to get over it, how much he, you know, there is no, there is no cut. That's what, that's why they had to completely redo a movie. (laughs) Um, Like 
for it to come out now and to see what his original vision was. I'm like, okay, I get why you were pissed. Yeah. Ray Fisher, I get why you were pissed. Um, and see, and seeing what he wanted to give us versus what we got, you know, kind of lends, lends a little bit more credence to what he may have experienced on set. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this, oh, man, I, I actually forgot that, this, that the movie came out this year. Um, this year was a long year, everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if, if I had remembered, it probably would have gone on my list. You, you actually threw me a curveball. I did not expect you to throw me any curveballs. All right. But uh, that that's a good one. And my number one, just for being a completely unique uh, you know, thing, is not attached to a greater franchise, uh, Dune. Dune was um, on my list. Dune, we, we have not we have not reviewed um, simply because it, it is a part one. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's even in terms of like the first Dune book, it's like the first third of that book. Yeah. Um, but Dune was such a visual feast, like that it kind of took me back to like seeing Star Wars for the first time. Yeah. I was like, I am seeing things I have. You know, I have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at because it's the first time seeing anything that looks like this. The 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 big giant you know fucking uh, toilet paper tube in space that all the ships flew out of. I still don't know what the hell that thing is. Um, <laughs> the hummingbird ships. Yeah, the 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 hummingbird ships. Uh, you know the 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 steel suits that the fremen wear. Like all of that is is. It, it it fit it fits in in my mind where I'm like okay that is what this thing is that is what its purpose is I have no other reference in, in sci-fi of that there's there's nothing that is ripping off of there but there are plenty of things that draw from it yeah um you know I'm also a 40k fan you know every time I heard Imperium <laughs> I, I had to had to go nope that nope uh you know Frank Herbert isn't stealing from them they're stealing from Frank Herbert yeah. You know, uh, you know the the with the uh, every time they mention navigators, you know as well. Um, my only my only complaint, and you know, because we haven't done a review of it, our our showing of it was very dark, like it was lit dark. Yes. Um, the big uh, splash shot of the trailer where the sandworm comes out, we couldn't, uh, see. We couldn't see it. We yeah. couldn't see the sandworm. Um, I don't know if they had like, if they had the projector set up to be a little bit too dark or something like that, but yeah, like, um, any, any like nighttime scene, we lost a lot of detail. Yes. So I, I don't, I, I don't know if that was just the version that our theater was sent or if our projector was messing up. Yeah. Um, but like I said, that's, that's the only negative thing I can say about it. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to part two when it comes out. Uh, see, so that's, so that finished me up on movies, uh, books, um, my number two, and it's on here because I haven't read nearly as much, as much new comics this year as I, as I want to. I've read a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of like compendiums of older comics just cause I've got a, I've got a really big backlog to eat through. Yeah. Um, but one that came out this year and it's only it's only two issues in um is an elseworlds called uh dark knights of steel uh that i don't i don't think i've i don't think i've spoken to jared at all about it nope 
this is a one. This is new information to me. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a DC Elseworlds written by uh, Tom Taylor, the same guy who wrote Injustice, um, and Deceased, and really anything that's gonna make you fucking cry. Um. Uh, but it is uh, the a story of the DC universe told uh, re- reimagining a fantasy world. So it opens with you know yeah Krypton being blown up the uh, pod landing, but this pod has Jor El and Lara on it. Okay. Um, she's actually she's actively giving birth as the pod lands, but it lands in like this fantasy world. There are a bunch of horsemen showing up, and it's a bit of a high emotional situation as. Jarrell saying, no, do not shoot crossbows at my wife and currently being born son. And accidentally heat raised them. <laughs> uh, so Kal-El is, Kal-El is born and we cut we cut forward 19 years where uh, a young boy, it, the, the King Seer, is giving a prophecy. Um, the King, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, uh, the Seer... Uh, John Constantine. So you know everything's yeah. going to go well with this prophecy. Right, right. <laughs> As he's telling about people that are stronger than castle walls and can rain fire from the skies and how their coming will be our end. And based on that alone, Black Lightning declares war. <laughs> <laughs> on the word of John Constantine. It's all he needs. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it, is, it is just fun. Because you have like the nation of of L, who's like, okay, we just we don't like magic here. Uh, so no one, anyone with magic powers, they're outlawed, uh, except for you know the royal family, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you have you know the Pierce Kingdom, which they haven't named yet, but it's just the land where Black Lightning is king. Right. And they got superheroes by the by the boatload. Um, but it's all set with like this kind of fantasy trappings, and that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, like it, it like one of the, one of the one of the fir- one of the first big things that that well, you know what? I don't want to spoil it. It's it's one of those things that I I highly, I highly encourage you to read. I, I don't I doubt they're they're making a reference to this. I I highly doubt it. But uh, early on in Hellraiser, like pro- within the first like twenty issues. Um, there's a bit with like uh, the Constantine family like through the generations where you actually do have like a uh, a, a Constantine who existed during like medieval times mm-hmm. who did use prophetic magic purely for his own benefit because he's just a cock. Well, the re- I was actually <laughs> I was actually going to ask you at one point because you know John way better than I do. Yeah, I had never seen John Constantine as. The seer type character, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've never seen him give prophecies and stuff. Um, normally, he's kind of the uh, he's more of just like a spell slinger, yeah. Like you know, kind of going through going through the story from the reader's perspective. Um, technically, what John specializes in is like what, what his true specialty is. It's ritual magic. Yeah. So something like uh, a, a divination spell, I'm sure, is probably in his wheelhouse. Is it something that he often does? But no. like he doesn't like get hit by visions. No. Yeah. Almost never. Um, um, except for maybe in that storyline I'm thinking of that I'm referencing, because uh, I know that he's like seeing a bunch of shit about his past, and like he sees like uh, his ancient relative being a complete dickball. Yeah, because like one of the one of the other fun things about it is that John he fills that seer role. 
but it's obvious like when he's giving the prophecies, that's not John driving the driving the car. Yeah. So he'll come out of it and he's like, you know, chain smoking misanthrope John, going <laughs> that could all be bullshit. You're, 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 that's just one interpretation. This could this could all be shit. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um. And my uh, other one, which, you know, this will be the topic of an episode probably soon in the future. Um, and when I say soon, I mean like a month or so. Yeah. Uh, the High Republic uh, as a whole. Um, like uh, the new this new publishing initiative by, by, uh, by LucasArts to, you know, Kind of establish a new period in Star Wars history uh, that has been surprisingly referenced a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and then for it to, like, kind of take notes from the MCU and be referential in of itself without being, without feeling like, you know, like you got too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. No, like, um, the... the 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 fact that like um, Light of the Jedi and then like you read um, uh, one of the other books and like the characters in Light of the Jedi no characters in the other books and, like, they'll have been mentioned offhandedly in one and then there'll be main characters in another and like they have all these inter interbred interpersonal relationships yeah. just makes the makes the world feel lived in it makes the world feel bigger than just the Skywalkers yeah bigger than seven people yeah. Um, like, I will say that it gets a little daunting at times, especially, like, if it's been a few months between, like, listens uh, or readings. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, okay, who was that person again? Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember now. Or or definitely definitely if you don't, depending on the order that you attack, that you gravitate towards stuff, um, like me, uh, I read the uh, manga uh, for that set during the High Republic before I read the second adult novel. And it takes place after and references stuff in the end of that novel. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what the hell are these things? And why are they showing up? Um, but we, we do get the best Star Wars character of all time with Geode. Nobody parties like Geode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, look, he'll he'll come up when we do our, our phase one review of High Republic. Yeah. I, ca- sure. I cannot imagine we won't mention Geo. <laughs> I mean, there's no way we can. He's too important. Yeah. <laughs> he touches too many lives. The, the the advice that he dispenses is like Yoda-like in levels. Yeah. In a setting where Yoda exists. Yeah. Every part of that bit hurt me. <laughs> uh, and games, I've, I've, only got, I've only got three entries. Um, you know, one, I know that... I know Jared has no... Uh, reference for or interest in, um, but I wanted to bring it up because it was the first game that I played on the PS5, which I got uh, last year. Um, or, yeah, 20, in 2021. Uh, and that is uh, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. Um, it's the first MechWarrior game I had ever played, even though I've been interested in the Battletech setting for a while. Um, uh, in the game, you head your own mercenary company, uh, you can choose what jobs to take. The jobs have their own, uh, you know, they have their own story and circumstances. You get to uh, go wherever you want within the inner sphere, taking, uh, working for factions, um, and you know, affecting you know the galactic war front. Um, it does come with its own level of like kind of inborn frustration, um, 
and it and it kind of gave me an experience that I've always kind of wanted to have in like a role playing game of like running kind of either my own mercenary company or my own, my own adventuring uh, crew, um, where I get to like send people on missions and whatnot. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, like I said, some of it will be will be will will have you frustrated because like okay, rent's due on the first of the month. And all of my shit is wrecked. And fixing it is expensive. <laughs> um, it turns out all of you mech warriors want money. Way more money than you're worth. <laughs> like, when Pat says something, like this, uh, we've probably covered this a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to briefly mention it. I'm just, I'm not into uh, big robot aesthetic. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. What Pat is talking about, the gameplay of that. Uh, I 100% down for. I love that kind of shit. Like, that is absolutely right up my alley. Right. But uh, but yeah. Um, did you get the giant like controller? Did they release one for this one? Well, it's not on the PS5. Uh, okay. Like I've uh, I know Ryan has played one. I have not played the uh, Battle Pods uh, thing they have like at conventions. I played one. Yeah. Uh, like I haven't got a chance to yet. Um. I don't know when I ever will again, because I'd have to go to a con and they'd have to have them. Yeah. Um, I've been in one. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd had no I wouldn't know what the hell I, was do- I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing either. Like, I read on, like, the readout, like, everything, because, like, they print you, like, the readout of what you've done when you finish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I did a thing. <laughs> you, you, okay, I mean, hey, you're... you're if, I was, if I was in one, I'd probably spin around in circles and shoot myself in the foot. Um, I didn't know who I was supposed to be shooting at, or what. I had no, I didn't know what friends or allies, or I didn't know what I looked like. <laughs> uh, let's see. So my number two uh, is uh, Tales of Arise. Um, once again, uh, it's a JRPG in the franchise of the Tales series. So if you're familiar with Tales of Symphonia, Legendia, The Abyss, what going on, going on, so on and so forth. Once again, if I had done a more broken down list, this definitely would have been in in, in mine as well. Uh, but because uh, I've I've played up through a like over I played up through past the halfway point of the game, and then I watched Ryan play through up to the halfway part of the, part of the game because Ryan didn't want to see any spoilers, so I couldn't play it before it until he got past me. And uh, so uh, that has been the delicate balance I've had to deal with the rise. So I've essentially seen through the. The first half of the game, at least, twice. And uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, it is... It starts out, you know, if if you know this... I'm not saying that... Not every Tales game has the same story, but many of them have similar beats. Yes. Um, so, if you're familiar with, you know, the JRPG formula of... Okay, we're trying to save the world. Go around to these four or five countries to save their problems, and by the end of it, we've uh, we've one saved the world and two revealed a much larger conspiracy. Yeah. Um, at this at this point, I'm re- I'm at the point where we're about to reveal the larger conspiracy. Uh, where where you know either you'll go to a different planet or you know you'll go to the moon or something. <laughs> either way, you get, you're gonna have to fight God at one point. Cause, Obviously. Because that's how JRPGs go. Um, Alfin is a fantastic lead character. Oh yeah. My I've 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 talked about it with, with Ryan. My two favorite characters in that game are Alfin and Hoodle. 
<laughs> I mean, um, so not to get too, uh, too into uh, something that we don't talk about the podcast very much, but our weekly Thursday game, when I started playing Tales of Arise, there are so many ideas that I'm using in that game that I came up with first for my game and then Tales of Arise started doing them. And I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, some of the things that ha- that have happened in that game were already things built into my world that I can't go back and change now. And enough happens at this point that Pat's been exposed to um, that I, I don't think he could pinpoint exactly what it had what it would necessarily be. Oh, I, I probably can't. But um, but there's definitely some things where I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Because <laughs> when because um, I, I started playing it like first. And then I was like, oh, this is real close to some of the beats. Just from, like, the, the first bit bit of it. And then as it got further in, I was like, oh, this is almost spoilers for my game. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, so it was already something that I was, I, I was kind of in my mindset for, for creativity anyway. Um, so, like, that, that helped kind of solidify it as even more, like, um, just personally for myself, like, something that I was like, oh, I'm into this right now. Uh, and see my uh, Fs. So moving on to my number, my number one for games, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, was probably easily my my favorite game that I played last year. Um, I'm playing it right now. Yeah, is it literally? Is it groundbreaking? Absolutely not. Um, it is definitely one I that you play for the narrative. Um, I mean, honestly, it feels more like a Tales game. Yeah. That just like every once in a while you stop the cutscene. Well, but I, but I'll say it's to me it's almost it's better than a than a tales game almost. Well, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, I meant like because like like you're playing through the narrative and then like all of a sudden an area uh, like a, like a bunch of enemies swarm out and then you get to actually have like an actual in depth yeah. well constructed battle system. Dude, the fucking rally system in that game is so baller. That's one of my favorite systems I've ever seen in a game. Oh, the huddle. Yeah. 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 Like. Um, because, like, like, at this point, like, uh, there have been so many games, like, in a Kingdom Hearts style where, like, you, know, you have your main character and then you have, like, your AI-controlled companions. And their 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 value is just often so fucking little. Um, like, uh, so them going down, but then you get the ability to do your huddles yeah. and rally everyone is so fucking good. Every time I've gotten to do it, like, it's always a treat. Uh, the rally system in the game is if... If uh, if you're finding yourself pressed hard in the game, uh, you can call everybody over to a huddle, and based on what's going on and kind of the con- greater context of the situation, you can give a rousing speech. Um, you know, and depending on how well you do in the speech, either one, either you'll be buffed, or everybody will be buffed, or nobody be bu- nobody will be buffed. Yeah. Um, my, my, my first time playing it, I effed up <laughs> entirely. I actually have not fucked it up at, at all once yet, so I've never had it be anything but everybody get buffed. So yeah. I've, I've, I've been lucky on that regard. Well, it's like, because I had never experienced a system like that. Yeah. Um, like, if it, by the time you, by the time you kind of get in, get off. You don't understand the word association it, yeah. game that you're, you're essentially playing, that you don't know you're playing. Yeah. Um, and then it gets a little bit better, but like on the whole, like the, the thing that I love about the guardians, uh, franchise, the, the, mo- the movies and the, and the game and even the comics when it's good is when you're having fun with the guardians. 
Yeah. Like the the greater uh Marvel cosmos um can be a bit hard to wrap your head around. But if at least you're having fun with these four or five people, you have something to anchor yourself with. Um Star Lord is just he's a really fun character. He's 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 as close as I'm ever gonna get Gene Star one in Marvel. Um <laughs> Like, uh, and then... That was an Outlaw Star reference. Yes. Uh, And, like, the rest rest of the Guardians, even though some of them, I think they draw a bit too heavily on their MCU aspects. I'm looking at you, Drax. I was going to say Rocket. Yeah, but Rocket... (laughs) I'm of two minds with Rocket. Rocket, his comic book counterpart, really doesn't work for a larger audience. Yes. Cause like his 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 he has a like you know where where Wolverine has like you know I'm the best there is at what I do blah 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 yeah uh, his is ha I murdered you yeah like okay you you don't you don't want the kids squeezing the rocket toy going ha I murdered you yeah I mean I do but most people don't. <laughs> but like the the story of it is kind of just a weird hodgepodge of the Guardians of the Guardian story that everyone knows, like, oh, Star-Lord got taken by aliens as a kid. Um, You know, grew up in space. You know, space adventurer. Um, But the gameplay of it, the gameplay is, the like, combat-wise is kind of weak. And I say that because it's, you can, you can pretty much get your, yourself maxed out with a, big chunk of the game left. Yeah. Um, like, I was going through the last two or three planets of the game, and I just, I didn't have anything to do with all my level ups. Um, the, uh, but the narrative bits, like the, the interactive movie aspect of the game is very well done and keeps you involved. Uh, and the game incentivizes you to play again because there are like, you do have a lot of binary choices um, to affect, uh, and they are vastly different. Yeah, and even based on some of your decisions in game, like there was a battle where uh, Gomorrah is splits off to pursue who we're going after, and says, "I've got it. Help out the rest of the Guardians. You can either choose to follow her or stay with the Guardians." And that choice becomes relevant later, uh, you know, based on her, to to affect her attitude towards you and things that happen with that character. Um, but yeah, so, but like I said, if you haven't had a chance to play Guardians, I mean, hell, it, it won Best Narrative at the, at the Game Awards. Yeah. Um, which is also a previous episode we did. Yep. Uh, you know, if you haven't played it and you have a PS5, I highly encourage you to play it. Um, and also, you know, good luck hiding the body of whoever you kill for your PS5. Technically it is on PS4. Okay, see, I didn't know that. It is on PS4. Yeah. I, I, I got it on, on PS5. I mean, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so that, so anyway, so so that concludes my uh, games listing. So, I think that's, that concludes both of, both of our uh, top things of 2021. Yeah. Um, overall, a shitty year. Oh, yeah. Um, but we had plenty of blight, uh, bright spots. Yeah. The, blight spots. Blight. <laughs> They're pulling up blight spots and bright spots, everybody. 
Yeah, but this is this 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 isn't about the blight spots. No, uh, in fact, like I'm one of the things I'm glad for is I haven't seen a lot of war stuff list this year. Uh, we didn't see them last year either, but like you know, typically the, those are very easy, especially for like YouTubers that you follow. Yeah, uh, are big on making because a lot of you know, there's there's a very toxic well, part of humanity that just likes likes seeing people shit on stuff. And a lot yeah. of people I, I know didn't make, like, especially the people I follow, didn't make lists of, of worse stuff just because it's like, this year sucked. Let's let's try to celebrate with good. Yeah. yeah. Like, also, like, for the people that do those lists, typically, you know, it's, it, they, they're more dedicated, like, movie or or, yeah. or book reviewers. Um, and they, you know, because it's their job, imbibe a lot more of it than we will. Yeah. Like we are, we we are like you, audience. We are very, you know, casual consumers, um, with the exception of like the two or three niche hobbies that we drown ourselves in. Right. Um, but yeah, so that will conclude our top, you know, our, our you know top whatevers of of twenty twenty one. I was as always your host, Patrick, co-host Jared. Say bye, Jared. Now I'm the old man of New Year. Uh, and with that being said, uh, you probably found us on, uh, on, uh, SoundCloud, but you could have also found us pretty much anywhere else you find, you find podcast, uh, uh, Spotify, Google, Google podcast, uh, Podbean, you know, what have you, uh, you know, find us, find us there, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow, um, or if you, uh, click the link in the description of the podcast, you can it'll take us to our take you to our Anchor FM page where you can leave a short voicemail and be part of the podcast and tell us what your top something of 2021 was or just you know gleefully insult us. Please, please gleefully insult us. Yeah, Daddy like. <laughs> uh, but anyway, with that being said, we will catch you next time. Peace.